Blog Talk Radio. The time is 9.34 p.m., and we are in the London's Lounge Thursday at Provella Studio. Tonight, the doctor is in, and he will be breaking down the word of God tonight, tonight, tonight. We're so elated to be here with us again another Thursday night. 
as we're going to be studying the Word of God tonight. I am so elated and so honored and happy that you're ready on that, whether you live on the call or you listen to it on the show of this education. No matter how you find our show, we are so ever very grateful that you are able to be here on the air with us tonight. And, you know, every night, Wednesday and Thursday night, I like to give some positivity, some inspiration so you guys would say, hey, that inspired me to read the word. That inspired me to want to do something positive for somebody else. Now, today, I wanted to talk about very quickly because obviously the doctor is going to be preaching and teaching tonight, and that's the bread and butter of our show, and I love when when he teaches on Thursday nights because I'm sitting in the studio learning from the doctor and really taking everything in, and it's so awesome to really get the very good understanding. So what I wanted to talk about was the fact that we are promised hope and we are promised uh, comfort or keeper. Proverbs 12 and 25, it says, Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Now that statement comes from the New Kingdom version of the Bible. Now, this is a great place to begin because God used, via the wisdom of Solomon, he used Solomon in the Proverbs portion of chapter 12, verses 25. He used Solomon to provide a diagnosis and a prescription that can help people grow beyond the anxiety that they are feeling. Now, Jesus did say, come to me, all of you who are witty and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my joke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28-30. Now, I just want to give you these few little tips and then Dr. Moore will be ready to teach. Now, the first one I want to talk about is we have hope in God. God encourages us to call upon him in any day, good day, bad day, a day where you're having a lot of trouble. God will deliver us. That was one of his promises to us, Psalms 50 and 15. Now, the grace of God is Jesus Christ, who is the sum of all hope, Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. Also, Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 10, 23. And also Colossians chapter 1, verses 27, and 1 Timothy 1 and 1. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, we also have joy in salvation. That's really cool because we do have joy. When we come to God, and he is our eternal Savior. When we come to the knowledge of him and we give our life to him, now we can rejoice every day that God is our Savior and he is giving us salvation. Number three, we should show active love for God and others. Love for God and others is essential because we all at some time or another find ourselves into a vortex of morbid self-involvement with people from following the heavenly prescription given by the great physician God, the medicine that that many need above all else, Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 14. Now, with all that being said, I said all that to say this. 
Love yourself. First love God. Love yourself. Love somebody else. Do something to help somebody else. Be a friend. Be a confidant. Be a prayer partner. Be a listening ear. So listen twice as much as you are speaking when you are in front of someone. Listen, because you never know what kind of words you could say that's going to benefit somebody, that's going to put a smile on their face. Because every day that Jesus walked on this earth, he put a smile on somebody's face because he was the one. He was our Savior. He was the he was the one to provide us for salvation. He came down here. He had a plan in motion, and he fulfilled his destiny. So I'm sorry, ladies, tonight. Thank you guys for listening to my inspirational work. Please remember that we love you here at Blessings by Grace. But God loves you the best of everyone. God's love is a God they love. It never stops. His love is forever and ever and ever. And why I can tell you that in baby life is because if you woke up today, that means God gave you a chance and his love, the adopted love, he poured out his love on you because he woke you up today. So no matter what your day was like, Jesus loves you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. Let's get ready to be in learner's lounge. So to say, because now it's time to learn. God bless everybody. God bless you and ready your land. Amen. This is Dr. Moore tonight coming to you. Again, amen. From the studio, amen, here in Apple Valley. Amen. My granddaughter and I are bringing you the word of God tonight. Thank God, amen. Often she brings you these encouraging words. And I want to personally thank each of you for praying for her. Her voice is beginning to return to her normal. If you don't understand some of the things, amen, that she is saying, just continue to pray for uh, COVID-19, amen. She took a shot, and it kind of dismantled her voice. But God is restoring that back to her, and we are so happy for that. Praise the Lord. So continue to pray, amen, for our sister Kitasha. We are so grateful tonight to come to you, amen, in the word of God tonight. This is, this is just a blessed times, amen, just to be in the land of the living because God is good. We're going to call your attention tonight to the book of St. John, amen, chapter 14, 15 through 26. And we want to talk about, amen, uh, the word of the Lord tonight comes from St. John, chapter 14, chapter, verse 15 through 26. It reads, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comfort, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But he knows him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you will see me, because I live, ye shall also live. At that day, 
ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that he that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that love me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Judah says unto him, not Israel, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us? And not unto the world. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abortions with him. He that loves me not keepeth not my saying. And the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father which has sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. We want to talk tonight about the Holy Spirit. The greatest object of God's plan of salvation, it is that we might receive the Holy Spirit. For God wants to dwell in his people's. God desires for everybody to receive him. He wants to dwell in his people. Acts 1 and 8 says, "After, but, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judah and in Samaria." Uh, to the utmost part of the earth. The Lord was saying unto them, amen, when you receive this Holy Ghost, amen, you're going to be a witness. You're going to be a witness to who I really am. When the Lord spoke to the people, amen, in John 14 and 15, Jesus was walking on earth in the flesh when he was telling them this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will praise the Father, and he shall give you another comfort, that he may abide with you. They didn't know what he was talking about at that time because their understanding had not yet been opened. The Holy Ghost had not yet been given. 
So they were listening at amen, the Son of God speaking to them. <clears throat> and letting them know at this time, amen, even at this present time, he was leading on up, amen, to let them know that I'm not going to be with you always. But there was no way they could comprehend that. They were blind and they were ignorant to it. He was letting them know, amen, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world can't receive the spirit of truth. When the saints of God... <clears throat> is being operated in the spirit of truth. The world can't receive it. And what I mean about that, they may see some of the demonstration of the power of God, but they don't understand it. So it doesn't make very good sense to them. Only to those that is is keeping the commandments of the Lord and have received his Holy Spirit. Only those, this amen brings some knowledge and some understanding to. The promise of the Holy Ghost, or the promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit, and he gave it to us. Amen, he gave it to us on the day of Pentecost. For all who believe, not some, but all who believe, these signs shall follow them that believers. If you are a believer in Jesus, there ought to be some signs that follow you. Are you really keeping the commandments of Jesus? You're quoting the word of God, but are you really keeping the commandments of Jesus? It's for all who believe, for all succeed, succeeding generations. No matter, amen, from the time Jesus was living until, amen, we live right now. It was for all generations. The coming of the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants all his people to have the Holy Spirit. As I stated earlier, it was on the day of Pentecost. When it, when it fully came, it was on the way, amen, but it was not fully, amen, produced until the day of Pentecost. When they all were of one mind and on one accord, it said, suddenly there came from heaven a sound as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. <clears throat> and there appeared unto them clothed tongues like as a, as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues that the Spirit of God gave them uttering. But these amen at the time that Jesus was talking, they didn't know nothing about no Holy Ghost. They didn't know what the Holy Spirit was at that time. The blessing of the Holy Ghost. It's a blessing to have the Holy Ghost. Under the Holy Ghost, amen, we are the sons of God. Under the Holy Ghost, amen, it brings comfort and peace to us. Under the Holy Ghost, we are power witness. 
communion and fellowship was among, amen, the prime reason that uh, each hung God chose to create mankind. He wanted to communicate with people. God wants to communicate with you tonight. You are there listening. God wants to communicate with you. He don't want you, amen, stagnated and idle-minded, amen, and, 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 and don't think, amen, he won't talk. The Lord wants to communicate with you. Since God is a spirit, fellowship between God and mankind has to be primarily spiritually in nature. If you're going to talk with the Lord, amen, you've got to do it through the Spirit because God is a spirit. Now, when Jesus was walking on earth, amen, you could talk to him in his earthly body. But when he died and went on back into glory, we got to talk to him spiritually now because God is a spirit. The Bible said we don't know him anymore after the flesh. <laughs> that part of him, amen, went all back into glory. But God wants to communicate with his people. In the giving of the law, God also declared that his desire to meet with the people and dwell among them, God wants to meet with you, Exodus 25 and 8. God wants to meet with his people, then he wants to dwell among them. God wants to meet with his people, and he wants to dwell among them. This was the purpose. And given the detailed instruction for the erection of the tabernacle in the wilderness, God was expressing the intent to be near his people. He wants to be near his people. He's a God at hand. He's not a God far off. God wants to be near his people. Just as it was in the days of Moses, when God, amen, told him to come to Mount Sinai and he will speak to them, he wanted to be near them, amen. He wants to be near you right now. And I tell you, amen, one way that he can be near you right now you read and study his word, and he's right there, right before your face. If you love me, and ain't no doubt about it, he said, you'll keep my commandment. And he also tells us my commandment is not grievous. They're not too hard to keep. But we're living in a time now, <clears throat> it doesn't seem like too many people really love Jesus. Many are the times when the scriptures declare that the Spirit came upon them, particularly in the Old Testament. While many made difficult, made difficult, difficult for us to determine the exactly relationship between the experience of the Spirit in the lives of some Old Testament prophets and lead us in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost 
upon believers since the day of Pentecost. That such a distinction exists cannot be questioned. Feeling of the Spirit is the essential of the new covenant. Jeremiah 31, 31, and 34. It is the, amen, the Spirit is the essential of a new covenant. Hebrew 8, 6, and 13. Hebrew chapter 10, 15, and 22. Secondly, the Holy Ghost is a promise, is a blessing to Abraham heirs. In Galatians 3, 13, and 14. Thirdly, the Old Testament heroes of faith did not receive the promise, which is the Holy Ghost. Luke 24 and 9, Acts 1, 4 and 5, and Acts 2 and 39. The old patriarchs didn't receive the promise. Fourthly, the Holy Ghost is a universal gift given to anyone who believes and obeys the gospel. Amen. The Holy Ghost is a universal gift. Now, anybody that desires and anybody that wants it can receive it. It is a universal gift. It's a gift come from God himself. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Are you examining yourself? And this time as I'm reading, do you really love Jesus? Are you really keeping his commandments? Someone suggested, amen, that while some people in the Old Testament experienced an anointing of the Spirit, the Spirit rested upon them but did not abide in them. That may be very true. But, amen, the Spirit rested upon them. And at that time, it was sufficient to God for them. In Numbers 11, chapter, an interesting incident is portrayed. Moses was described as being weary and was quoted as saying, I am not able to bear all this people's alone because it is too heavy for me. Numbers 11 and 14, Moses was complaining. He had too much upon it. And he wasn't able to bear all this by himself. God responded to Moses. I will take all the spirit which is upon thee. And I will put it up on them. God said, the same spirit that is up on you, Moses, I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it in them. So you can have some help. Look how good God is. So the load will be lifted. All the bread will be upon you because, amen, 
the same spirit that it be in you. It's going to be up on them. Numbers eleven seventeen. According to Numbers eleven twenty five, God did respond to Moses for help. He took all the spirit that was upon Moses and put the spirit in the seventy elders of Israel. When Eldad and Medad and continued to prophesy in the midst of the camp, Joshua the son of Nun called on Moses to forbid them to continue to do so. But Moses responded with clarity, gratifying what God had done. This was God done. I can't stop this. I asked God for some help, and God is helping me. Because he took my spirit and he put it into the 70 elders so they could help me. Would God that all the Lord peoples were prophets. Oh, yeah. And that the Lord would put spirit up on them. That would be a good thing if all of God's people were prophets. Amen. And God would put his spirit upon them. But all of God's people are not prophets. Later prophesied by the prophet and the preacher of John the Baptist, and Jesus Christ was the truth that God's Spirit would indeed come to all people. It was experienced, it was practiced, and it was preached by the apostles and the disciples in the New Testament church. But as prophesied, the Spirit of God did more than come upon an individual. It came unto and resided with the New Testament believers. It didn't only come up on them, amen. It come in them. If you love me, you'll keep my commandment. Now, amen, it was a difference between, amen, the spirit of the Lord come up on you and come in you. Many of you claiming, amen, that you know Jesus, but have the spirit of the Lord come in you? Is the real spirit of truth in you? Someone noted, that this distinguish is expressed by Jesus. For his spirit of truth dwells with you and shall be in you, John 14 and 17. What a great hope will fulfill and what a great promise will experience in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit of the Lord, amen, that not only come upon the people, but amen, it come in the people. If you are a believer tonight, you ought to be living with the spirit of God in you. I said, if you are a believer, you ought to be living with the spirit of God, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Many of the Old Testament prophets, foretold the coming out point of the Holy Spirit. They saw it before, amen. 
They, they saw it. They knew it was going to be a, a great high point. Even they didn't have it. They saw it. Many of the Old Testament prophets, they foretold, amen, the coming out point of the Holy Spirit. Although they may not have completed, comprehend what they were writing or started, the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They didn't they didn't quite understand it, but amen, they 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 spoke as they was moved by the Holy Ghost. It was the anointing come upon them. Anointed that they couldn't control themselves. They were under the influence of the power of God when they wrote these things. I don't know about you. Have you ever been under the influence of the Spirit of God and you couldn't control what you were done? That's one of the greatest experiences, amen, that a man or woman can, amen, enter into is, amen, get under the anointing and let the anointing guide you or tell you, amen, what needs to be done. And Joel, amen, 2, 28 and 29 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, not some flesh, but I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. And also upon thy servants and upon thy handmaids. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, Joel 2, 29. That happened on the day of Pentecost. God poured out his spirit upon all flesh. He didn't hold back whether you were the woman or whether you were the man. Amen. God poured out his spirit. And there was about 120 in the upper room. And the Bible said, amen. And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. In other tongues, as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Even the mother of Jesus, Mary, was in that upper room. But she was marveled. And she needed the Holy Ghost, just like the rest of them did. God poured out his Spirit. As he conducted his ministry on the earth, the Lord Jesus, amen, counted. He continued to declare that there would be a time when his fathers would be indwelling, in, indwelling by the Holy Spirit of God. In John 14, Jesus spake of another comforter. Now, amen, he was letting them know that I'm going to leave you. And he spoke of another comforter. He was their comforter in the flesh when he was here. They didn't have to fast, amen, and they didn't have to pray when Jesus was here. But amen, he said it was coming a time. He was going to leave, and they're going to have, they had to fast, and they had to pray. But he was their comforter. Now he said, amen, in John 
Jesus spoke of another comforter, of whom he gave to his disciples. And that comforter would abide with them forever, John 14 and 16. That comforter. I will not leave you comfortable, he said. I, will, I won't leave you an offering. I'm going, amen, back in the glory, amen, but I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I want to send a comfort to you. And that comforter, amen, was the Holy Ghost that he sent on the day of Pentecost. If you are a believer tonight and you don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will not be comfortless tonight. No matter what you're going through with, how difficult it may be, you ought to have the comforter living right with you. The comforter should be abiding within you. The comforter should be leading you. The comforter should be teaching you. Jesus had earlier spoke of rivers of living water. Drawn out of the inward part of a believer. John 7, 38. Water. Coming out of your belly, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Water represents purification. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of life. If you are dried up tonight, you need to tap down into the Holy Ghost that is in you and ask God to let some more rivers flow. If you are if you are worried tonight, you're upset tonight, and you don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak in another tongue and the Spirit of God give you utterance. Let some wells be open. You got some wells down in you that you have not tapped into yet. Living water. That amen, it will take all the rubbish that you got in you and wash it out if you allow it to. Out of your belly. Should flow rivers of living water. Drawing out of the inward part of the believer. John Father declared the interpretation of Jesus' prophecy. But he spake. He of the Spirit, which they believe on him, shall receive. That was the Holy Ghost. Was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He hadn't yet died. Hallelujah. But after he, he died and they received that power, they had rivers of living water. Anytime you got water, you ought to live. Jesus said in his Psalms, amen, we are like a tree. We are planted by the rivers of water, amen. We ought to be strong. We ought not to be all dried up because of society and what's going on in society. You are, you, you are, you are, you, amen. You are, you are a tree, of, uh, amen, by a living water. Jesus is our real living water. According to Luke, the last address of Lord Jesus to his disciples contained reference to was the Holy Spirit. 
as the promise of God. And behold, I will send the promise of my father upon you. I'm going to send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait there. Wait there. Tarry means to wait upon the spirit of the Lord. He said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Until ye be endowed with power from on high. Now he told him to say that. Don't you leave. Because Luke 24 and 49, he had to open up their understanding. How to wait upon him. And they were obedient. They went on to Jerusalem and they stayed there. We are trying to get to heaven in our generation and we don't want to go to Jerusalem. We don't want to tarry. We don't want to wait on the Lord. We just want to bow our heads and say, Lord, I accept you as my personal Savior. Now I'm saved. No, you ain't saved. You're not saved. Well, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God risen Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. If you continue on, believe it. You shall be saved. In the early verse of Acts 1, Luke also recorded the works of Jesus as he instructed his disciples to wait for the promise of the Father. Wait. Don't run off and leave the Lord. Don't don't go before him. Wait on him. I know you might want it, but wait on him. If he promises to you, he'll give it to you. But you must wait. Acts 1 and 4, Jesus amplified it. His statement, but again, declaring, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now, John only baptized with water. John's baptism was good. But John was a forerunner to tell us about who Jesus was. John said that there is one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the fire and Holy Ghost. When Jesus came, John's disciples, they left him, left John. They were baptized under John for repentance, but they left him and they went and found Jesus and they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. According to Acts in the 19th chapter, where Paul found certain disciples, they were believers. Now, you got a whole lot of folks out there tonight. they believers, but they ain't never received the Holy Ghost. Paul asked them, well, what then have you been baptized unto? They said, the John baptism.
divine baptism wasn't sufficient enough. It takes the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's to deliver us. John truly baptized with water. He said, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Acts 1 and 5. Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you really filled with the Spirit? All believers must be filled with the Spirit in order to go back with Jesus. You must, amen, be filled with his Spirit. His Spirit is he himself. Although many other statements may be made by Jesus concerning the coming of the Holy Spirit, were made to his disciples of that day. The promise was never intended by God to be limited to them. It, it, it wasn't just to the disciples. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost, it gave birth to the church and established the pattern of salvation for not only the people of that generation, but also all the people of all future generations. Joel prophesied of the latter days, the outpouring was that it would be upon all flesh. Joel 2.28. In referring to, amen, the Holy Spirit, the infilling in John 7, Jesus says, amen, that this indwelling would be to the one who believe on him. John 7, 37 and 39. Do you believe on him? Because if you do, it is for you. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it, it records in Acts 2 and other succeeding chapters, it revealed that people from many nations of the world in particular, every society, they received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. There was about 120 disciples, including the apostles and Mary, the mother of Jesus, among those to whom the promise was given. There were the Jews out of every nation under heaven, Acts 2 and 5. Later, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, amen, it came to the Samaritans, half-breeded people. Acts 8, Saul, Acts, uh, Acts 9, chapter. Then it came to the Gentiles, Reconnegal, chapter 10, and 12 disciples of John, Acts 19. There, uh, they all received the Holy Spirit as promised. They received it. And you can also receive it. For anyone who truly believed on Christ according to the scripture, which includes faithful response by obedience, the Spirit will be filled with the, the Scripture will be filled with the Holy Ghost. John 7, 
37 and 38, Acts 2, 38 and 39. If you believe that, you can be filled with that Holy Spirit. Contrary, amen, to the opinion of some, the Holy Spirit was not reserved for every church alone. The message preached by Simon Peter on the day of Pentecost, it revealed that this experience is for all generations of the coming of the Lord. It wasn't for certain people. It was for every born-again believer. There is not but one Lord. There is not but one faith. And there is not but one baptism. I don't know why we're so mixed up. It's one Lord. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that is afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Acts 2 and 39, amen. The promise is unto you. Don't say it, it was not for you. Yes, it is. Look at the Bible. The promise is to you and to your children and to those that are far off, even as the Lord our God shall call. God is still calling men out of these sins right today. That promise is unto you. It is joy to know that the baptism of the Holy Ghost was foretold by prophets and promised by the Lord Jesus was received by the early believers. But the greatest joy is to know that the same spirit baptized is available to us some 19 centuries after the day of Pentecost. It is, amen, available to us right now. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. The coming, amen, of the Holy Spirit. In creation, God breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. It was a dead specimen laying there. Couldn't do nothing. But God had to breathe a breath of life on it. Then it became a living soul. Genesis 2 and 7. After his resurrection, Jesus, who was God with us. Matthew 1, 23. Jesus, who was God with us in the flesh. He was the son of God. But in the spirit, he was God. Jesus, who was God with us, Matthew 1, 23. He breathed on his disciples and told them to receive ye the Holy Ghost. My God, how powerful that is. John 20 and 22. Although the disciples did not receive the Holy Ghost until the day of Pentecost, Jesus accomplished two things. 
He emphasized the vital importance of the disciple receiving the Holy Ghost. And he illustrated that the Holy Ghost would come upon them at the breathing of God. He later instructed them to wait in Jerusalem until they were endowed with power on high. Luke 24, 49. These promises and commandments stresses that soon they would be filled with the Holy Ghost. All you got to do, if you love him, he said, keep my commandments. And if you love him, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God have given us utterance. Oh, Satan has come, amen, and trying to erase this out. But Jesus said, upon this rock, I will be in my church. And the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Nothing is going to destroy the church. The day of Pentecost, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them flowing tongue like as a fire. And it is set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. What an amazing thing that was. That was. Here every man heard his neighbor speaking his own language. And they couldn't speak that type of a language. What amazing. What anointing. What a change of atmosphere that was. God has chosen an established day to celebrate, to guarantee the consecration and rest the day of Pentecost to fulfill his century-long promise. It was on this day that he began to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. My beloved, we need, amen, God, to reiterate that again. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Some people, amen, don't even believe in the Holy Ghost. But, amen, it, it, the Holy Ghost is for the believers. It is for the believers. It ain't for the non-believers. It is for the believers. After the day of Pentecost, the, Bible, the book of Acts records the continual outpouring of the Holy Ghost. This river of living water of Jesus Christ had spoke. It taught and filled people of every nation and every society that there was. Although history does not trace this flowing stream through the centuries, it leaves a documentation, evidence that people 
in in succeeding generations, they receive the same experience. However, at the turn of the century, a Pentecostal revival began that had grown from a few students in a Bible college in Tropain, Kansas, to millions of people in every nation around the world. God set us, amen, a nation on fire. Grown from a few students to millions of people, and God is still pouring out his spirit. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? This is Dr. Moore saying amen. If you have not, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Ask God what the Holy Ghost is. And you stay in Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from on high. Don't get up off of your knees. Amen. Until you know the Lord will change it. Until that tongue, amen, you can't control it. But it's being controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is Dr. Moore saying, God bless you. Amen. We thank God for the word tonight. There is nothing like the word of God. Amen. Amen.